That's better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start again. <laughs> I see you, Gary. Thank you so much for coming, and Tim, uh, and our friends here who are here to support us this morning. So really, uh, we are privileged to be a part of this church uh, in worshiping together. Uh, and thank you, church, as well, for accepting us, uh, Susan and myself, um, that we can be a part of this fellowship. And uh, in a few, few months' time, we've indeed seen what God has been doing and the love that you have shown for us. Thank you so much. We, we are familiar with many of our Christmas carols, aren't we? I'm sure you can name things as if I ask you. But there are some most of us aren't familiar with. There are four songs recorded in the Bible to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And for the next four weeks, we will look at these songs in the series called The Advent. The series will lead us up to Christmas Day. Now, you must be wondering, what's Advent all about? Well, Advent simply means to come into, to come into. There are two elements as we come into the season, one which has already begun, it's celebration. So Advent, coming to season, it means celebration. Celebrating the birth of Christ, which we all are familiar with and we all sing with. The second element of this coming into the season is the anticipation of his second coming. That sometimes which we are not so mindful of. Or we're not familiar with. So this whole Advent series, this whole coming into the season, yes, we remember to celebrate Christ uh, uh, coming into this world, his birth. But we also need to be mindful, anticipate his second coming. And this time, friends, when Christ is going to come back again for the second time, he's not going to come back as a baby in the manger. He's going to come back as the King of Kings and as Lord of Lords. Every eye will see, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God. Let us be in that anticipation of that, uh, knowing that he's going to come back again. So for the four, next four weeks, Tim, Emily, and myself will look at these songs and see what do they mean for us. Zechariah's song, Zechariah was an elderly priest who sang after being visited by an angel. And then we have the angels. They sang the song to the shepherds. We know they're part of their song. And on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And Mary's song. To God after she had had a time to get over the shocking news. That she was going to be a mother of the Savior. And then Simeon. He had a song. In his very, very old age, he was waiting for his Messiah. He carries the baby in his arms and he praises God. He comes out with a song. So we have this four beautiful song in, 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 in the Gospels that talks about Christ, of who he is. So these songs of Ad Advent remind us that we have much to sing about. That Christ came to the world to save us and that he will come again. He will come again. Let's pray and get into this, the song of Zechariah. Father, we thank you this morning as we come together to look into your word. 
We pray, Father, that you would bring us under your word. Let your word illuminate us, Holy Spirit. That we will grow and be like you in knowing your word. In knowing your word, we get to know you. We grow in you. Thank you, Father. Be with us, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. At any time, there's a big event. It's common for announcement, isn't it? We had a birth of a baby in our church, Steve and uh, Andrea. And what did they do? They announced on the Facebook. So that's today's world where you can announce that. And uh, so it's, it's common. The birth of child is a great example of this announcement. When a couple has a baby, they don't try to keep it a secret, do they? No. They want the world to know. And at some point, they will make an announcement. Here's a picture of royal birth of, uh, in UK when a royal baby is born and they put up a notice and people can see and, uh, and everyone will know. The whole world will know. The same is true perhaps when a couple gets engaged or when someone retires from a long career or when someone graduates from an university. In life, events lead to announcements. So in our Bible reading today, there's an announcement that uh, there's an event that has happened. So there's an announcement. It is the birth of John the Baptist. And his father, Zechariah, makes the announcement. But honestly, when you read this announcement, this speech that he gives is a little strange. Why? Instead of talking about his son, who is his only child, Zechariah seems to go off on a tangent. These are very passionate words. He talks about Abraham, the enemies, holiness, and shadow of death, but not his own son. Very passionate words to talk about Abraham, enemies, holiness, and death to the Jewish community. But how do these words fit in to this occasion? What's the point of saying all this strange stuff? That's, that's, and that's what we're going to find out this morning. What's the point of saying all this? Strange things, not about his own son. That's interesting in Zechariah's statement that he brings all these things. Earlier in chapter 1, angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah. And tells him that he is going to have a child. And the boy is to be named John. This boy will be a prophetic figure. He is going to appear in Israel and for something big. But Zechariah says, I can't believe it. He is in the temple early that morning offering prayers. And suddenly angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah. And tells him this event. And Zechariah says, I can't believe it. I'm too old. My wife is too old. We can't have a son. It's just not going to happen. So in fact, if you read that passage in Luke, Angel Gabriel kind of, in a sense, says, I am Gabriel. I've been sent from God. I'm in the presence of God. And this is what I'm telling you. So, he, so God strikes a speech. And Zechariah can't speak. 
during the nine months of pregnancy of his wife, Zechariah can't speak. Maybe she said amen. I don't know. In verse 57, Zechariah's wife gives birth to the baby boy. So as a Jewish tradition, they came to circumcise the boy on the eighth day. In that culture, it was also a time when they would give the child its name. And here in Australia, as soon as the baby is born, the name is there. In India, we have names. Uncles and aunties, all of them give names. So a child will have six, seven names. <laughs> so this is the time when they were going to announce the name. And Zechariah, being unable to speak, he asked for an iPad and writes down the name called Joe. Oh, 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 sorry. Verse 63. He asked for a writing tablet. There you go. Early version of iPad. Okay, keep going. And everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. So it's some kind of a clay tablet, a wax coating over it, where he writes that word, John. At that moment, Zechariah's voice returns and he praises God. Immediately his mouth is open and his tongue was set free. He began to speak and praise God. And the local community that was there sensed something special was going on. So they ask, what then is this child going to be? Good question. Well, what is Zechariah going to say about the birth of this baby? After nine months of not talking, he opens his mouth, and this is what he's going to say in verse 67. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the first thing that we see that Zechariah does is that he praises God for what he has done. Verses 68 to 71, what God has done. He starts off this song singing what God has done. God has initiated a rescue mission. That's what God has done. And look at this song as we start off. In verse 68, he says, he has come. Who? The Messiah, the King, the long-awaited King has come. Verse 69, he has raised up a horn of salvation. Now in the Old Testament, the horn of salvation signifies strength, power, authority. And Zechariah is saying here that he's talking about this long promised king. The Messiah is coming and he is bringing salvation. We sang this song with the kids song this morning. Isn't that great? Mighty, mighty, mighty God. He's a powerful God. So that's important because of their enemies. He talks about it in that verse again, that they have enemies. Israel had been under foreign rule for many years. It wasn't just foreign powers. It was due to their own sin. And a New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, this is what he says. Israel exile is a result of her own sin, idolatry, and apostasy. The problem will be solved by God dealing with sin. That's why Israel was in a mess. Israel was its own worst enemy. It's sin against God. Time and time again, God brought prophets to remind Israel to come back to God. But soon, they went after idols. Their sin against God brought death and destruction. Zechariah knew that. 
He knows that God is raising up a king who will deal with all their enemies. And if you look at that passage that was put out earlier in 68 to 71, look at the tense. It's all in past. It's all in past tense. Zechariah is using this past tense. But Jesus wasn't yet born. And Zechariah is already talking about as if he was born already. It is a way of speaking that emphasizes the certainty of the emerging realities. Now the great reason to praise God. And that was Zechariah's reason to praise God. Here is the Messiah coming. In fact, he says he's already come. He's going to deliver. He's going to bring salvation. Something to praise God for. Friends, we also need to praise God for all that he has done, isn't it? Praise him. Praise him for giving you food on the table. Praise him for friends. Praise him for family, for church, for the word, and this beautiful country. We praise God for all that wonderful things that God has done for us. Something just aside. We praise God for what he has done, and we worship him for who he is. And this morning, we can go on with the list of who God is and what he has done for us. And so, friends, this is a, it's a wonderful time for us to praise God for all that he has done for us. Praise him. Praise him. Get up in the morning. Praise him. Praise him for what he has done. He is a great God. Mighty, mighty God. Let's praise him. And here, Zechariah is praising God for the birth of Jesus, for one who rescues people. So the first thing we see in this announcement is what God has done. What God has done to rescue his people. And that makes Zechariah to burst out in praise. Secondly, why God has done it. Zechariah is also praising God for why God has done it. Why is Jesus coming? In verse 72 to 73, to show mercy to our ancestors, to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our, for, uh, to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. God made promise to his people, to Abraham nearly 2,000 years earlier. He promised to bless them and to be with them. And Zechariah is celebrating that God is delivering on his promises. And that's what God is doing to bring freedom and set free, set the captives free. And that's what Jesus announced when he began his ministry. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18. It says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. And it was fascinating when I looked at the word oppressed. What's he talking about? The downtrodden, the bruised, the hurt, those who are crushed by tragedy, and those who are crushed, who are, who are hurt inside because of injustice has happened. And this is what Jesus said. And if you look at that chapter in chapter 4, of chapter four Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it's very interesting. Jesus came on the synagogue day, as was his custom. 
And then as he stood up on some kind of a platform of a pulpit, they gave him a scroll. And he opened the scroll. It's, it's almost like the scroll was given. And he goes through it. And then he, he finds that verse on Isaiah. It's almost deliberate that Jesus looked for this verse in, in, in Isaiah. And he comes out in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim the good news. Jesus announced this when he began his ministry. Rescuing their enemies to set them free to serve God. This must have been so exciting to Zechariah because he was a priest in the temple. And as a priest, as he worked in the temple, there were rituals. There was a long line of buffaloes and goats and bulls that he had to sacrifice. And these were not permanent. These were just temporary. And Zechariah knew now that there is an answer for permanency. That God would send someone to deal with the sin and take it away permanently. This is why God sends his son Jesus to set his people free from the captivity of sin. And friends, this morning, we are set free from the captivity of sin. If we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. And that is the verse in 1 John 1, 9 that set me free. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. And this is why God sends Jesus to set people free from captivity. And that's why the rescue mission is underway. To set people free. To know, to love, and to serve God. And then in verse 76. Finally. Verse 76. Finally, Zechariah gets it on to speaking about his son, John. People must have kind of, wow, what kind of a father is he? This is, an, this is he, he is holding his baby in his arms. He just called his name John. And he was off on a tangent, praising God for all that he has done. We saw what he said. So finally, he comes around to speak about his son. And he says his son will be a prophetic figure who should go before the Lord to prepare the way. In verse 76, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go, go on before the Lord and to prepare a way for him. He was going to be a forerunner. He was going to go ahead of the Messiah. Notice we are already halfway through the speech. He hasn't even mentioned his son until this point. That's new for a strange father. And if you look at Steve, what he has put on Facebook, this whole list, a story about what kind of son, the son that's born to them. And here, Zechariah, half the way. And then he talks about, after when his speech, he talks about his son. For Zechariah, his son John is not the point. But his son John is a pointer. He's a pointer to the Messiah. He will point people to Jesus. And John will get things ready for Jesus to conduct his earthly ministry. He will prepare his people. That was the role of John. But the bigger picture is Jesus. Thirdly, 
what will Jesus do? We've seen, number one, what God has done. Number two, why God has done it. Number three, what will Jesus do? Zechariah talks about the result that will finally be. And here's the ministry of Jesus will result in. And it'll be in verses 77 to 79 of, of uh, Luke chapter 1. To give his people the knowledge of salvation. Through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercies of God. Which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. To shine on those living in darkness. And the shadow of death. To guide our faith into the path of peace. Zechariah's announcement here. Is captured in one word. And I love this word. Mercy. Look at verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of God, of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Tender mercies. And friends, it's a beautiful word in Hebrew called chesed. It's, it's a guttural word. It comes from deep within. I, I, I'm not going to encourage you to say it because you might spit on somebody else's neck at the back. Kissed, kissed, loving kindness. It's a it, mercy is a gift for people who don't deserve it. For like for people like you and I, we don't deserve it. Yet He's shown His mercy, His kissed, His loving kindness. There, there is no proper English word to describe this word. Tender mercy, loving kindness. All this adds on to that word, and that's what God has done for His people, and that's what God has done for you and me this morning. He has shown his loving kindness and tender mercies. His mercy meets people who live in a dark world, in a land of shadow of death. Zechariah talks about it. Land of shadow of death. Zechariah points us to the biggest darkness we face and those living in the shadow of sin and death. In verse 79, Zechariah is still holding his son, his forerunner in his arm. He knows God is keeping his promises. He knows what, what God's been doing through Jesus. And God's going to shine those uh, living in darkness light. That they will see light in the shadow of death. What a great promise it is for us, friends. That Jesus has come to shine the light in the dark world. And friends, today, today, he has asked us to be his light. We reflect his light into this world, into this dark world that we live. We reflect the glory of God's light into this dark world. And Jesus told us to be salt and light in this world. This announcement of Zechariah, I'm wrapping it up. This announcement of Zechariah didn't speak much of his own son. Rather, he's bringing out the significance of what God is doing. He points us to Jesus, the Messiah, who came to rescue us from the ultimate enemies, sin and death. Zechariah's song is a beautiful reflection of the gospel of fear and doubt giving way to faith and trust, of anticipation, seeing the fulfillment of the prophecies that are about to happen in Jesus of God bringing his people back to himself as he is faithful in keeping his promise. 
God is faithful to his people. In the end, Zechariah's song is not simply about a way of announcing the birth of his son, rather to proclaim God's faithfulness, God's salvation, and God's peace. Six months after Zechariah's speech, the angels burst forth from, in, from heavens, and they were singing, they were praising, and they were saying, here is the king, the Messiah, the sun is rising, the mercy is shown, forgiveness is known, freedom is here, the sun is rising. And there's a Christmas carol that captures this. It's not the one we sing much, but I'm sure some of you will know it. And I just want to finish with these words. Oh, holy night. It's that night that Zechariah looked forward to. It's the night that we celebrate at this time of the year. It's the night that changes every year. And these words fit every occasion. And the carol goes, Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of a dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Isn't that marvelous? Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Let's pray. Yes, dear God, we fall on our knees. We hear the song of Zechariah. Praising and worshiping God. Declaring who God is and what he has done. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have come to this world. You have saved us, saved us from darkness and you brought us into this marvelous light. We praise you, O God, for saving us. We praise you, O God, for all the things that you have done. We praise you, O God, for who you are. We worship you that you are a mighty, mighty, mighty God. And in this season, Father... Even as we celebrate Christ's birth, Lord, help us to live in this anticipation of your second coming. To know that you are going to come back, oh Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And may truly that we will fall on our knees and worship you. Thank you, dear Father. Pray for every person here this morning. Oh God, that we will be challenged to know that you are the Lord of our lives. And those here, Lord, who do not know you as Lord of their lives, we pray, Father, there will be an opportunity where, Holy Spirit, that you will speak into their lives, speak into their hearts, convict of their sin, that we will see the light. Be with us, we pray. Be with each and every one of us, Lord. And as we're going to walk in this season, celebrating your birth and knowing that you will come back again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.